WWE Setting the Stage is a podcast for WWE fans where I recap events, break down storylines and angles, and make predictions about where those storylines and angles are headed. Whether you're just getting into wrestling or a WWE fanatic like me, this show is for you. I will see you ringside. Howdy, folks. So it's been a while, hasn't it been? Yep. So I guess the last time we talked uh, or I, you know, I, I put out an episode was the day one recap um, shortly after the new year uh, kicked off. Um, and, you know, shortly before that, I did a preview of day one. And, and obviously, previously to day one, I took a like a six-week hiatus, you know, just because I knew there wasn't going to be a pay-per-view for WWE in December. And I'll be honest with you, like I was saying in some episodes, I was kind of disappointed with the way WWE was going with certain storylines and just you know, just the shows and the pay-per-views in general, right? So then after day one, uh, I got to be honest, I obviously this is the, I guess I hopefully I'm calling this the end of my latest sabbatical or latest hiatus. Um, In between day one and Royal Rumble, I, I started to have, you know, just a little bit of a down feeling because I felt... I think I've said this in a, a few of my episodes is that Royal Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view of the year. And a lot of time and a lot of thing in a lot of ways that's kind of fitting because uh because it's in January, it can really set the tone for how the entire year is going to go for WWE by how the Royal Rumble does, right? I mean, if you don't start out the year great, uh yeah, you can finish strong but it sort of gives you it's sort of putting you in the hole when you're playing catch up from then on out. You know, like if Royal Rumble is terrible, you better hope WrestleMania is like on fire. You know what I mean? So anyway, as I'm, you know, as I'm watching the build up between day one and, you know, the Royal Rumble, first of all, day one, not a bad pay-per-view, not a bad one. And I understand, you know, considering they had to make some last minute changes due to Roman, you know, testing positive for COVID and, you know, he couldn't wrestle in the match uh, against, uh, against you know, Brock Lesnar for the universal title. And so Brock Lesnar got added to the WWE Championship match that made it a fatal five-way, which, you know, that storyline was kind of crazy. You know, it, that match started out as a one-on-one between Seth Rollins and Big E, and it turned into a fatal five-way. So it, it was crazy, right? It was crazy. So Brock Lesnar ends up walking out of, you know, day one as – the WWE champion. And at that point you got Brock Lesnar's champion. You got Roman Reigns as champion. Okay. So then we get to Royal rumble and you know, I, 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 my very first Royal rumble that I watched live was Royal rumble 2000, right? The one, the, the rock controversially, I'm using my air quotes, controversially won because obviously that ended up being a big storyline going out of Royal rumble. How big show thought that rock, um, you know, his feet touched the ground when he went over and actually, believe it or not, on a, on a very f- funny, uh, edition of raw, what was it, a few years ago, raw actually said, you know what? You should have won. My feet did hit the ground. I agree. <laughs> you know, kind of funny, but, and, you know, and ever since, and then the Royal rumbles, you know, past that, you know, from 2000 all the way up now until 2022, um, you know, pretty much all those Royal Rumbles, I'm not going to say we 
always knew who the winner was probably going to be because that's not obviously true. There were some winners that came out that you were like, oh, okay, they won that. That's the direction they're going. All right, that's fine. But, you know, from the last 21, 22 years from that Royal Rumble, there were a lot of one there. There were some Royal Rumbles where you could predict the winner and, you know, it wasn't a far fetch that that person was going to win the Royal Rumble. Right. So but with the combination of being able to predict the winner and also what I like about the Royal Rumble is you got 30 superstars that are going to come out to the Royal Rumble, but you have no idea who it most times you have no idea who's coming out. You don't know in what order they're coming out. You don't know who's going to be against who once they're out in the ring. I mean, it's like the aura of it, you know, it's like the the mystery of it, you know, and I liked it when, you know, back in Royal Rumble 2000, I didn't know who was coming out. And of course, it's even better when that's kind of the first thing you're watching and you don't know all the superstar. I think, I believe it or not, I think a new fan should always start with the Royal Rumble, I think. Now, I actually started with Armageddon 1999, you know, McMahon versus Triple H, uh, that's when the McMahon-Helmsley era started, whatever. But I really like to say that Royal Rumble was the very first pay-per-view when I started learning a little bit about the superstars. Because when they would come out, I'd be like, okay, who's that? I need to figure out who that is. All right, cool. You know, because you get like a little brief introductory to all the all the uh, superstars. But anyway, that's a little bit of a tangent. But, what I, but my point is, is they would come out in no particular order. A lot of times you didn't know who was coming out. Yes, you knew that a majority of the people that were coming out were going to be from the current roster. But you know there were going to be there occasionally would be some surprises, either some some, some surprise returns, uh, maybe a legend gets thrown in there, there maybe a debut happens at the Royal Rumble, you know, lots of unknowns can happen, right? So the thing that disappointed me most about, and there's a couple of things that disappointed me the most about the 2022 Royal Rumble was that number one. I think they almost announced every single superstar that entered. I think there were like four spots. I think maybe four, five. I, I don't know. Nah, I don't even think there were that many. There might have been like three. And you didn't really have any big surprises. The one lone surprise that I'll say that happened was that Drew McIntyre came back uh, early. Now, that that did kind of shock me because I thought he was going to be out for a while. They were even saying that he was going to miss WrestleMania, all that stuff. So that when he came out, I will honestly – Admit, I was legitimately, legitimately surprised to see Drew McIntyre. And happy to see Drew McIntyre. Good to see him back. Um, But, and he, believe it or not, he was the only one that I thought was going to put a wrench in the whole thing about Brock Lesnar winning the Royal Rumble. But if Drew McIntyre wasn't in the way, I didn't see anybody else taking the Bro- uh, taking Brock Lesnar's Royal Rumble away. Went away. Uh, I mean, I didn't see another candidate that was going to do it. I didn't. I didn't see anybody. Now, uh, when I was going to do my preview show, I was actually going to say that maybe Austin Theory was going to be a dark horse that might have won it, but they didn't really do anything with him that I thought. Not that I'm a huge fan of Austin Theory, but I thought he's the one superstar that's kind of flying under the radar that people are starting to buzz about, but you know, they haven't really, he hasn't really reached that main event status, but he's headed there. You know, he's headed there. And obviously, we'll talk about a little, a little bit more about him in the elimination chamber, obviously later, but so this is kind of my r- quick recap of the two pay-per-views that I missed. So, um, so with the men's Royal rumble, first of all, there was no, there was no real surprise in the actual, you know, match itself. As far as people coming out, order, they're coming out, who's coming out, whatever. 
And then really, to be honest with you, I wasn't really surprised at who the winner was. You know, I really wasn't. I mean, usually I, I kind of, when usually when I'm going into a Royal Rumble, I have about like four people that I think might, could win it, right? I usually have at least four. And this year I was like, well, if Drew McIntyre doesn't do anything, I, I don't see Brock Lesnar losing this. I mean, that's literally what I said to myself when I was watching it. So... So that's that's what disappointed me about the men's rumble, and also you know you you saw it coming a mile away in the WWE Championship match when Brock Lesnar was screwed by Roman Reigns for the championship. Uh, you knew he was going to show up in the Royal Rumble, and not only that, he showed up like at number. If I'm not mistaken, didn't he show up at number thirty or twenty nine, twenty eight? I don't know. He showed up in like the last three, and who's beating Brock Lesnar when he's fresh like that? Nobody, nobody. So I actually liked it better when Brock Lesnar came out at number one a couple years ago as the champion. And I thought maybe he was, you know, I was like, okay, are they going to let him go all the way at number one and stuff? And of course, Drew McIntyre ended up being the one that eliminated him, ironically. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, there was no, there was no, like, excitement. There was nothing, you know? Now, I'm not going to say that Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns don't have a good story going on. They do. But the problem is, is they're they're only they're two of the only superstars that have a great storyline going on. Okay, so you know, um, let's see the women's Royal Rumble. Okay, the women's Royal Rumble, I will admit, was a little better than the men's because it had a little bit more unpredictability because there were some there were I think a lot more open spots that you didn't know who was coming out. But what I'll say about that is is that you you used all these legends, or they called them legends. I know people said that that was, uh, you know, a little bit of a controversial term with some of the females that came back. But what I, but anyway, regardless of what you want to call them, they were they were females of the past, you know, and they were coming out. And yeah, I mean, was it great to see some of them out there? Sure, sure it was. But you didn't have any NXT stars in either rumble. You didn't have really, I mean, I don't think, yeah, I don't think there was any NXT stars in either rumble. Um, you obviously could have used some of the women's cause, uh, I got some printouts right here. Women, the SmackDown roster for the females, nine superstars. And that's with the addition of Ronda Rousey coming in. So it would have, it was eight until Ronda Rousey came in. Right. And then with the raw female stars, You've got 14, 14, right? And some, and I'm looking at a couple of the lists. Some of these, uh, you know, I, I do have on a separate list. I have Oscar Bailey and Lacey Evans, but I have Alexa bliss on this list for the, of the 14. She hadn't even returned yet. So 23, or if you want to take Alexa bliss off there, 22 superstar. And, and even if you want to take Rhonda off the SmackDown one, 21 women's superstars for that Royal Rumble. They didn't even have enough to fill a Royal Rumble. So they had to get all these legends coming back. And then, of course, they had the Mickey James thing with the Impact Knockouts champion, whatever you want to call her. And they were saying, oh, they're opening the Forbidden Door, which I, I can't stand that term because I don't think there really should be a Forbidden Door. I think all of the promotions should work together. I, I like it. It would. I think it would be awesome as a wrestling fan to see AEW and Impact and WWE and all these working together, I would love to see that. I and I'd, I'd love all of it because uh, you know I don't I don't favor one. The only reason I'm a WWE guy is because that's all I've ever watched. I'll be completely honest. I haven't watched I haven't watched AEW really. The only actually the only full episode that I watched of AEW was the night CM Punk came back. That was the only night I've watched in its entirety. Okay, 
Not that it's not that I don't like AEW. It's just that I I just haven't had a chance to watch it all. I haven't had a chance to get into it. Um, I, it was kind of like WWE. I kind of had to fully invest into it to know the storylines, know the characters, and everything. Will I watch AEW one day? Maybe, maybe I will. We'll see. Um, Impact. I to be honest with you, the, my problem with Impact is I never know what night it comes on. So, so that's why I don't watch Impact. I never watch Impact because I never know what night. It, I hear they're doing some good things over at Impact, but I forget what night it's on, and I never watch it. AEW. I just. I don't know. I, I, like I said, it's not a love or hate thing. I, it's not that I dislike those other promotions and I just, you know, and I love WWE. It's just that WWE is what I've been watching for a while and I'm just used to it and I feel like I'm knowledgeable on it and I'm not knowledgeable on AEW or Impact or any of those other promotions. Would I like to be? Yes. I would like to be more well-rounded and kind of learn about everything. So just going to throw that out there real quick. But like I said, it, my point is the forbidden door. I don't know that there, I don't think there should be one. That's my point. I don't think there should be one. Now I realize in this scenario, WWE is the one that doesn't like to play well with others. I realize that impact and AEW and all them and, you know, ring of honor and all that, they've all worked together, but WWE doesn't seem to want to play a game. So hopefully that will change down the road. I'm not sure. We will see. We'll, we'll see. All right. So, my last little bit about the Royal Rumble, you know, both Rumble matches I thought were subpar just because we knew who the winners were pretty much, and there was, like, no surprises. Uh, the champ- the WWE Championship match, you kind of knew how that was going to go down because uh, you knew Roman Reigns was going to show up to screw Brock Lesnar. You knew that was going to happen. Edge and Beth, Phoenix, and Miz and Maurice was an okay match, but like I said, it was more of a showcase match. I mean, I, you know, I guess I, I don't know that he even had a great story, but it had an okay story. It had an okay story to it. Um, the raw women's championship, I guess in this particular, I, I'm not saying it was a bad match, but I just feel like it was a match that they just felt like they needed a women's title match on the, on the show. Um, I, I don't know. I just really wasn't into it because I just feel like Becky Lynch has just been thrown opponents and it, you know, I, and it's no disrespect to do drop. I'm not saying, you know, I, I think she's a she's a great wrestler, but I feel like Becky Lynch is just being thrown opponents to deny the inevitable where she's going to face Be- Bianca Belair once again, which obviously is now going to happen at WrestleMania. And like I said, the Universal Championship was kind of interesting. Like that started out really good. Like Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, I think, is a great rivalry. I think it could be a great rivalry. Um I liked the, the way the whole match went. I did like that Seth came out to the Shield music to screw with Roman. I did like that. I thought that was cool. I thought there was a story behind it. Um, the way they ended it in a DQ with Roman, you know, I don't know that that needed to happen. I, I, I don't I don't think I liked that. I would have rather Roman win clean, to be honest with you. And I'm actually... At this point, you know, nothing against Roman, but he's had the title for so long, I'm looking for somebody to take it off of him. And, you know, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but uh, I think somebody, you know, I'm, I'm looking for somebody to take the title. And I thought Seth was obviously a pretty good choice because technically now that Seth, uh, you know, that Seth won in a DQ, technically Roman still has not beaten him in a one-on-one match. And maybe that's the reason they went in that direction. Maybe they wanted to keep Seth Rollins's uh, perfect mark against Roman to play on that in the future. So maybe we should keep an eye on that. Maybe that a lot of people were complaining how that ended. I, I didn't think it was the greatest ending, but I think that's the reason they went that way was just because they want Seth to be able to 
come back to that at a later date. I think so. I think that's the reason why they did it. So, yeah. So that was pretty much the disappointing Royal Rumble for you, okay? So, so, and I'm not going to lie. Like I said, Royal Rumble is one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year, and it, I, 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 I was so disappointed in it after it ended. I, I just, I was disappointed. And you guys know me. I've, I'm on this podcast a lot, or I was, you know, before I took my little hiatus. Um, you guys know me. I, I try to take negatives and turn them into positives. I usually try to do that. But sometimes even I reach my limit, and I, I just can't say, you know what, enough of this. This was just a bad show. It was a bad show. Now, I'm not going to say everything on the show was terrible. This is me going back to my trying to put a you know positive spin on a negative. But I will say that a majority of the show was just, you know, uh, you know, it was a yawn. Yeah, I was actually a little depressed after the show because I was just like, you know, it was too predictable. The other thing, too, I want to touch on real quick is the Johnny Knoxville thing. You know, I, I know a lot of it. This is a kind of a, a heavily debated thing of whether celebrities should be involved in WWE business or whatever you want to call it. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not really crazy about where they're going with this, like, I don't really like celebrities in the Royal Rumble. Like I, I don't think that's I don't think that's good. And and I know a lot of people argue that. A lot of people agree with me in the sense that they feel like if a celebrity is in the Royal Rumble, then uh, it takes a spot away from a, a an up up and coming wrestler or star. Yes, that's true. But on the other on the other side of it too, it's just that depending on who the celebrity is, like why are they in the, like okay. Why am I going to have Johnny Knoxville in a Royal Rumble match, a wrestling match? Why am I going to have Logan Paul in a match like that? I, they, are those guys wrestlers? No, they're not wrestlers. It's more believable that Ronda Rousey, obviously, which you know she's not really a wrestler, so to speak, but she is a UFC fighter. She's an MMA fighter. That's more believable to me because she can actually go in there and compete and obviously win a Royal Rumble. Like, I knew that... Logan Paul, I know Logan Paul was not in the Royal Rumble, but let's say Logan Paul and and Johnny Knoxville got into the Royal Rumble. Do you think there's any way in <laughs> H-E double hockey sticks, do you think there's any way that they're going to have freaking Johnny Knoxville or Logan Paul going to win the Royal Rumble? I mean, I you know from the start. I mean, look at the years back when Drew Carey was part of the Royal Rumble. Do you think they were going to let him win the Royal Rumble? No, no. So... I, I don't like it. Now, I will say this. Now, I'm not saying that they should take celebrities out of the wrestling business or out of WWE because the one thing I did like, and maybe I'll catch a little flack for this and maybe some of you agree with me, is I did like it when they you know they had the Raw guest hosts you know, a few years, a uh, number of years back, actually now decades. Uh, I think it was like a decade ago. It was about 2009, 2010. They started doing the Raw hosts. And most of them were celebrities. I was okay with that. I was... That was okay because that was entertaining. You got the big name celebrities on the show, but they didn't really have to get involved in wrestling. Some of them did, and that was okay. Like, you know, Seth Green got involved in tag match. That's okay. It's a one-nighter, one-off, whatever. That's fine. Um, But the problem I have with the Johnny Knoxville is now they're saying, like I said, I don't have any hate towards Johnny Knoxville. I think he's a a good actor. I think he's great in Jackass, whatever. I'm not a huge fan of the Jackass movies, but they're funny. I'm I'm not going to say he's not entertaining. He's entertaining. But they're saying he's going to get an intercontinental title match against Sami Zayn. Why? Why? Why are we doing that? First of all, you already have a celebrity title, and it's called the 24-7 title. 
that's who you should be giving a celebrity title to, right? Because you know what? And guess what? That title's a joke too. I'm sorry. I, people might get on me about that. It's, it's a knockoff of the hardcore title without really the hardcore to it. That's all it is, okay? And I don't want the Intercontinental Championship, a very prestigious championship, a workhorse championship. It's pretty much your gateway to becoming WWE champion to be a sideshow title like that. That's not good. Like I said, no disrespect to J- Johnny Knoxville as an actor or anything, but he shouldn't be in a, t- a WWE title match. No. It's just like, and, and I'll throw some, it's just like freaking, what's his name? Uh, oh, who was it? Uh, the guy from... The guy from Scream. What uh, what was it? What was the guy's name? Uh, 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 played Dewey. I can't I can't think of his name right now. What the heck is wrong? Well, anyway, when he when he fought for the WCW title and he won the WCW title, why why did he need to be WCW champion? Why? And, and I'm sorry I can't remember his name because obviously it happened years back and actually he hasn't really been in a movie since uh, since a long time from now and I. I, I can't believe I can't remember his name. He was obviously in Ready to Rumble. You guys all know who I'm talking about, but I, I don't know why his name. I'm sitting here looking at his face in my mind. I can't think of his name. But, you know, it's just like that. I mean, you know, and and I, and I honestly, just going off a little tangent there, I think that's where WCW kind of went wrong a little bit too in their thing. They brought too many celebrities in, and they had celebrities like deep within the storylines, right? Like why? That might have been part of their demise in the end. So anyway... Like I said, I don't disrespect uh, I don't disrespect actors as far as acting, like their actual profession, but I just don't think they'd belong in certain aspects of the wrestling business, right? Okay. All right, so so let's move on to the I'm I'm calling this the rough road to WrestleMania. That's exactly what I'm calling it. So um, so let's move on to Elimination Chamber, where they had this in uh, Saudi Arabia, right? So again, I had to. Uh, you know, the Royal Rumble being on a Saturday night uh, in January, that was pretty good. I, I enjoyed that. This, of course, was on a Saturday, too. Saturday at noon. That's that's a little different. Not that I was complaining because, you know, I mean, there's other people that are having to watch it at weird, odd hours across the world. But 12 noon is kind of a weird, uh, weird time to watch at a wrestling pay-per-view. But, hey, you know what? It is what it is, right? So this match or th- or this event was... I, I will say it was a little bit better than the Royal Rumble, in my opinion, um, but still had some issues. Now, now my first thing is, is that, uh, so the first match they had was Rey Mysterio and The Miz, right? Now, this match got thrown out. Now, I, I kind of did like the storyline they had going on with the Mysterios and Miz and everything before all this debacle I'm going to talk about in a minute. But I think really... Ray and Miz don't need to be having a story at this point. Not Ray and Miz, because Ray's about what one door. He's one foot out the door in retirement, and deservedly so. He's been a legend in the business. Miz is still in his prime, pretty much. I, I don't think he's. I think he's got some good years left. But they should be building Dominic, right? Dominic should really be in the in the uh, in the in the thick of things with Miz. I think that's who they should be trying to build. And they turned it into Ray versus uh, Miz instead of Dominic versus Miz. And I don't know why. Like, I think they should have been building Dominic, especially if they're high on Dominic, right? I mean, Dominic got to, whole, to skip the whole NXT thing and everything like And I'm not saying the kid's not talented, but because he is talented, obviously. But he's still 
very green. But, you know, that's to be expected. He just made his debut, what, not even two years ago? So, I mean, you know, it's – and I mean, but I think he needs to be built up. Like, he doesn't need to be, at this point, a – like a, a, a side, you know, he's just out on the apron watching his dad, uh, you know, take on in matches. Yeah, now he's been in matches, but the main event matches or whatever these matches are in the in the premium live events, they're no longer called pay per views anymore. Um, he's on the he's on the ring, he's on the outside of the ring watching his father compete. You know, and I think he should be the one that's being showcased, and his father should be kind of managing him and more mentoring him. You know, so I didn't agree with that from the start. Um. Now, the second match was the Universal Championship. Now, I know people like to argue that why is Goldberg still getting championship matches? And I totally agree. Why is it that he always shows up and it just seems like he's in a title match every time he shows up, right? Yeah, I I don't think that's fair either. Um, Is Goldberg a legend? Absolutely. Is he going to be in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Uh, In fact, is he in the Hall of Fame? No, maybe not. I don't know. I can't even remember now. But anyway, if he's not in the Hall of Fame, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Not, not going to even argue that. But, um, yeah, I, I think this needed to be. Uh, I think this needed to be Goldberg's last match. I think he needed to be uh, retired. Um, and he kind of went out in a way where you might think he's he is retired now. I mean, uh, basically. Uh, Roman kind of submitted him. Now, now, obviously, Goldberg didn't tap out, but Goldberg passed out. Now, you don't normally don't see Goldberg be beat like that, right? And majority of the matches when Goldberg comes back, he actually gets he actually gets the win. The only other match I've seen that he's done that he didn't get the win was against Drew, you know, uh, last year uh, in the Royal Rumble. But um, but that was obviously a quick match and everything like that. And it, and it was kind of like he gave he gave Drew a pretty good match, but I mean, it's it was still a short match, right? But in this one, like Roman, yeah, I mean, I mean, Goldberg got some good shots in, but at the end of the day, when Roman won that match, you were like, Roman is the big dog. He is the dominant guy in this in this match. So, um, hopefully, this is it for Goldberg. Maybe he's hanging it up, um, and we're done, and we'll see you later, and happy retirement, and everything like that. But I, I don't know, I. I I think they just put Goldberg in this match with Roman just so Roman would have some matches to go, be in before WrestleMania, uh, and he didn't really have an opponent. So I don't know. Maybe that's the way it was doing. Now the women's elimination chamber match. So <laughs> and they did this with the men's too, which I thought was kind of weird. So a lot of people were just talking about that they did it with the men's, but if you notice, they did it with the women's too. So when they were making the introductions, right? They brought everybody out into the match except for the person like they added like that the person that wasn't scheduled to be added but they were added anyway like okay like in the women's match they brought everybody out and i was like okay um so when alexa so we knew obviously from uh, a previous episode of raw that alexa bliss was going to be entered into this match well, when they brought out all the rest of the superstars out or the female superstars and they didn't bring alexa bliss out i said oh alexa bliss is starting the match right but no, it was according that, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, n- was it Nikki and um, Liv Morgan that actually started? And Alexa Bliss came out last, and she got the last pod, which was weird. Like, I've never seen them introduced like that. That was kind of strange. And they did it with the they did it with the WWE, t- uh, the uh, women's uh, chamber match, too, for the WWE title. They brought everybody out, 
But then they brought Brock out last, and then he went into his pod, and then they started the match. So <laughs> I was like, it was weird. They did it. They did it in the exact same fashion with both matches. So I thought it was it was, it was strange. But anyway, here here we go. So the women's match, um, like I felt that was a little bit more unpredictable. Like I I kind of in the back of my mind said, okay, well Bianca Bel- Belair has got to win this since it's going to be Ronda and Charlotte at. WrestleMania for the SmackDown Women's title, Belair is going to get her rematch for the Raw, Raw Women's Championship against Becky Lynch. It's got to happen, right? It's got to happen. But I saw, you know, I could easily have seen Rhea Ripley winning this match. I could have seen Alexa Bliss maybe coming back and winning this match. I, I don't know if I would have believed Nikki Cross or even Liv Morgan at this point or Dewdrop winning this match, but I had three candidates to go to win that match. Did I still think Bianca Belair was the favorite? Yes, I did. I still thought she was the favorite to win, and she obviously ended up winning. But I could have seen Rhea winning. Maybe they were going to give Rhea a push or something, and I could see Alexa Bliss you know, making her debut back and winning the match and going on to WrestleMania. But, like I said, Belair won that match. So I will say there was a little bit of uh, – intrigue in that match as to far as who was going to win but yes did i did i did the favorite that i thought was going to win win yes absolutely all right so the fourth match was ronda rousey and naomi charlotte flair and sony deville so we obviously know that ronda and ronda and charlotte are going to be at wrestlemania but i felt like this this storyline between sonya and naomi started out pretty strong but it's kind of it's kind of fizzled out disappointing, right? Cuz number 1, we never figured out what it was that Sonya hated about Naomi so much. Like was it jealousy? Was it something else? I mean, I don't think she ever addre- I don't think Sonya De- Deville ever officially addressed what her beef was with Naomi. And I was hoping they were going to get a WrestleMania match to saw uh, to say and maybe they were going to build it from here and maybe she was finally going to reveal what she had a problem with Naomi. But now it looks like Naomi is teaming with Sasha, and they're going to go after the women's titles against uh, Carmella and uh, Queen Zelina. So I guess they've completely dropped the Sonya uh, Naomi match, which is, or Naomi storyline, which is uh, which is kind of disappointing. I think they could have done a little bit more with that. And I mean, who's looked better than Naomi in the last few weeks? I mean, she had two great matches against Charlotte Flair. Um, to be honest with you, uh, if if Ronda and Charlotte wasn't the SmackDown Women's Championship match, I would have loved to see Naomi get a third shot at Charlotte and have another match because I think uh, I think she gave Charlotte all that she could handle, and I I think even if even if Naomi went to WrestleMania and lost the match, I still think she would give a great performance. I still think it would be a great match, and you'd still believe up until the end that she could probably win. So I, I think they missed the ball, but you know, hey, if Naomi gets a tag title, maybe. They can do some of the tag titles, and let me let me talk about the tag titles right now. So you heard me mention the uh, the the numbers earlier. How you know there was only fourteen women on one roster and nine on the other roster, and you got two women's titles, two women's singles titles, and you got a set of tag titles. It goes between both shows. And right now, as I'm looking at this list, besides Naomi and Sasha uh, teaming up possibly to go to WrestleMania and be the number one contenders. <laughs> Are they really going to have a number one contenders match? No. You know why? Because up until Naomi and Sasha announcing their alliance to become a tag team, Carmella and Queen Zelia are the only tag team in the women's roster. 
I mean, go go through the roster. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but go through the roster and tell me if any other teams have matched up. You obviously had Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley a few weeks ago, but they broke up. Uh, and I'm just looking through this list. There's nobody on here. There were tag. There's no tag teams in the women's division yet. You've got a full set of tag titles. I mean, imagine how worse it would be if you had SmackDown women's tag titles and and Raw women's tag titles. That would be terrible right now. That's probably why they went with that too. It went with just one tag titles. So. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I personally not. I, I'm not saying that you know. I, I don't. I obviously want there to be a, a women's division. I want there to be a women's tag division. I want them to want there to be a strong women's division. But you know what? There simply just isn't right now. There's nothing. You know, because they've gotten rid of everybody, and they're not calling up some. They're not coming up, calling up some ladies or women up from the NXT roster to fill in that roster spot. So either they're not ready or whatever. But WWE's got to fill that. They've got to fill some of those roster spots because it's going to get really. I mean, you're going to have the same people fighting for the titles all the time. Now, obviously, will it help when Asuka, Bailey, Lacey Evans, stuff like people like that come back? Yeah, it'll help a little bit. But is it going to save it? No, it's not going to save it. You got to do some more. You got to do some more. Like I said. I, I don't want to say I, I I don't want to believe this, but I I almost feel like the women's division currently right now has hit its prime and it's actually going back downhill. Which I hope I I don't want that to see that happen. Obviously, I want it to go back up and everything, and hopefully it will. But right now, it's not a it's not a strong division. I don't know who can argue with me on that. I, I mean, it's it's on paper. Like I said, I just mentioned that literally until Sasha. And Naomi formed an alliance. The only women's tag teams were the tag team champions. That's the only tag team. So, I'm just saying. And like I said, you got two singles tag. You got two singles uh, championships on the women's roster, and you've only got like twenty some women on the roster. So why do you have two titles? I don't know. It just I, I think that dilutes the importance of the title as well. So that's why I think there should be a title for unification for that too. Anyway. Or until you until you start building a bigger women's roster, that's all I'm saying, you know. All right, so so you had the so you, so okay, so the next match, uh, number five match was uh, I'm looking for it. Where did I put the number five there? Okay, so Drew Cap Drew McIntyre and Madcap Moss. So this is the believe it or not, this is the second match these two have had. Um, you had uh. You had Drew and Madcap uh, fight at day one. Then you had Drew go out with the injury, and then Drew came back in the Royal Rumble. He eliminated both Baron and Madcap Moss in the in the Royal Rumble, I believe, is is if my memory serves me correctly. And you also now you have Drew and Madcap Moss again. Now, obviously, Madcap Moss, I got to give him mad props, no pun intended, uh, because he took a nasty bump in that match, and I, I really hope he's okay. You know, that that was a nasty bump he took on his head, and and he finished the match. So mad props to him, um, but. Man, that was that was a nasty looking bump. So hopefully he uh, hopefully he's okay. Um, but what a tough guy. I mean, <laughs> I and he and to be honest with you, I guess I guess these these guys are these guys and gals are just programmed to just keep going because I I'll be honest with you, when he took that fall, I was like, oh my god, I don't think he's gonna. And he got right back up and kept wrestling. I mean, I thought that was amazing. I was like, oh my god, isn't this guy hurt? Like I thought he'd broken his neck. I was like, what in the heck? So. Um, so, you know, 
I, I mean, great respect for him for finishing the match. Maybe, uh, maybe it looked worse than it was because it seems like it was because he 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 was on Raw and he, I think he looked like his neck was hurting him a little bit, but he didn't really look like he was injured. But like I said, I mean, it's not you can't really. I don't think you can make that determination by just looking at somebody. I mean, he could be in he could have been in worse pain than we even thought. But, um, but I got to be honest. Uh, yeah. I, I had a lot of respect for him for finishing that match. But again, Mad Cat Moss and Drew McIntyre. Like, I feel bad for Drew that he's being put in this thing. Now, I, I guess the positive spin on it is, is I mean, I guess it is kind of a I'm not gonna say it's a great storyline, but what I will say is is that yeah, I mean, you do see the kind of the personal animosity between the two, uh, between the two, and even with Baron and everything. But I just don't feel like, you know, Baron's a big guy. Why are they making Baron to be this? And I and I feel like he's been like with it in all his stories. Now, and obviously in NXT, he was like he was like, uh, you know, he was called the Lone Wolf and all that stuff like that. But ever since he's gotten to, ever since he's gotten to the main roster in WWE, he seems like a coward, like. Why are you going to make a guy of that size seem like a coward? I don't I don't know why. I mean, now I will say this, his early days on the main roster, you know, when he won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal and I think he's had one title, what was it? The United States title I think he's had. Um, you know, the early years when he got up to the main roster, he was uh he was he was pretty good. I mean, he was it looks like he was getting a little bit of a push, but then he won money in the bank. Then he lost the money in the bank, or you know he lost, he didn't cash it in. Then he had that silly general manager role, or whatever. It's, and then it's just gone downhill from that. And I, I I just don't. I think they really missed the ball on Baron Corbin. Like I think he could have been such a powerhouse, but instead they've made him kind of like a. He just complains a lot. He's his characters are kind of I don't know. They're just they're just not resonate with me. I I mean I've told you guys how I felt about the happy Corbin and. Uh, you know, character from the start, and I'm not really impressed with it. Now, I mean, is he getting good heel heat? Yeah, he is. He and Bo- he and Madcap are both, and I guess that's what I'm, why I'm saying this uh, this storyline between the two of them and Drew isn't a total bomb because at least he's getting the good heel heat, and Drew is an over he is an over babyface, but I mean, he's taking all these matches with Madcap Moss just to just to take on Baron Corbin <laughs> at WrestleMania, which is look, that's what it looks like is going to happen. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good payoff. I, I'm not sure. I, but you know what? Maybe they'll surprise me. Maybe they'll have a great match at WrestleMania, and I'll, you know, put my foot in my mouth. We'll see. So uh, Drew McIntyre obviously ended up winning that match. Um, I think Madcap actually won the one at day one. So, uh, so we'll see what happens going into WrestleMania for those. All right, so the sixth match was – the Raw Women's Championship with Becky Lynch and Lita. Now, a lot of people thought that, you know, the way Lita was talking, she was going to have a run and everything, and she was going to go on for another. But then she admitted later, which this kind of this kind of irks me a little bit. Like, I feel like when she started saying that she might have another run into her, and people were getting excited that she was getting another run into her, and then she almost like it was like she spoiled it for people. Like she said, "Well, no, I got to admit." Uh, WWE only asked me to do one match and I was like well you know because because I was feeling like if she had one more run in her I almost now did I really think she was going to beat Be- Becky Lynch for the women's title no I didn't but did at least it add a little intrigue to the match where I thought she maybe had a chance of winning yeah 
like if she's sitting here saying that, hey, I'm going to be around after WrestleMania and, you know, I'm going to be doing, you know, some programs and stuff. I thought, well, maybe there's a chance they might give her the Raw Women's title. Maybe they might take it off Becky Lynch. But, uh, but again, I didn't feel like, you know, Becky Lynch was going to lose the title. I thought she was still going to win because they're trying to set up this whole Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair rematch. But I was, I, I would have been at least a little unsure of myself at what my pick was. But when they came out with that, uh, when they came out with that information saying that Lita said, well, no, I only really signed on for one match. I was like, okay. Now, as far as her match, she was, she was great. I, I felt like she didn't even look like she missed a step. She, she looked like the old Lita. She looked great. Um, great match. Gave Becky a great match. And the, and the reaction she got after the match, even though she lost, I mean, that was incredible. So, uh, yeah, Lita's still really a fan favorite. Um, but again, like I said, Becky Lynch won the match and is heading to WrestleMania now against Bianca Belair. So the, the seventh match was the SmackDown tag team championship match, which of course was not a match. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm sorry, I got to laugh at this. All right. So, and I'm agreeing with most, uh, I, you're not going to hear anything new here because obviously I'm late to the party because I haven't been talking because I was even, I was almost uh, debating whether I was even going to continue podcasting at all about WWE. But but I, I, got, I get what um, some creators were saying. You uh, Now, of course, they're saying, you know, hey, if they got paid handsomely, then maybe you don't need to feel bad for them. But at the same time, if, you know... You you got to think about the Viking Raiders and the Usos. They fly all the way over to Saudi Arabia just to be in like a five minute little uh, bit, and it's not even a match. You know, they Viking Raiders come down to the ring, Usos jump them, and it's over. Right, <laughs> it's done. They and 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 to be honest with you, I went back. I think I missed that because I I had to you know I had to step outside the office or something. But I came back and I thought I was gonna come back to watching the match. Like I, sometimes what I'll do is that's when I'll take my bathroom break sometimes because I'll be honest with you, I'll, maybe I'll talk about this on the other, another episode. I used to love entrances. I like, I used to love entrance themes, but I feel like entrance themes have kind of become generic in WWE. So a lot of times if I don't want to miss a match, I'll take my bathroom break or something during the entrance theme. That's how bad I think it's gotten right now. There's still some wrestlers themes that I do like, but anyway, so I saw the Viking Raiders coming out and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go, you know, go to the bathroom or something, come back. And then I came back and I was like, uh, I expected fully to see a match going on and there was no match. And I was like, what happened? So I had to go back and watch afterwards <laughs> and I saw what happened. First of all, I don't, I don't think that, that jump or that ambush was that serious to where the Viking Raiders couldn't have, you know, still done the match. You know what I mean? And that brings me to my, you know, I was talking about the women's tag team division, which is basically nothing. It's one team, now possibly two. Um, the men's tag team division is even, I'll be honest with you, it's even worse. And the reason I say that is, is because, number one, let me go on here real quick, okay? You've got men SmackDown superstars. You have 26 guys on the uh, on the roster for the, for SmackDown, right? And you've got, for Raw, you've got 32, right? Okay? Now, I haven't seen the rosters that low in a long time, right? Now, out of all these 32 superstars, I mean, let's say, let's talk about the 26 superstars. Okay, so you got Angel Garza and Herberto, Herberto Carrillo as a, as a tag team. You've got Big E right now and, um, and Kofi Kingston as a tag team. 
you've got, uh, and it's really 31, uh, 25 superstars because Cesaro just left. Um, you've got Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss. I guess you could throw them together as a tag team if you wanted to. You've got the Viking Raiders. Um, and you've got, really, that's it. I mean, I, well, I mean, I guess you could throw Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura together if you wanted to. Um, and maybe Sheamus and, um, uh, uh, whatever the guy's name is, Ridge Holland. You could throw that. So like roughly it's still, it's like three established teams and maybe two teams that you could use as a tag team. That's it. Five teams for some SmackDown, ti- uh, for the SmackDown tag team titles for the raw titles. You got, uh, let's see, you got Angelo Dawkins and, uh, and Montez Ford. That's the street profits. Obviously you've got, um, I guess Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz could be a tag team, I guess, if they wanted to be. Um, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin are technically still together as the Hurt Business. Don't get me started on that. Um, Chad Gable and um, Otis, who are the current Raw tag titles, uh, tag team champions. Um, you got uh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. And you got the Mysterios, I guess, technically. Um I guess Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins have kind of been, uh, you know, teasing a team between the two of them because they got they're in the tag match here in a couple weeks for the Raw Tag Team Titles. But really, when you really think about it, they really a team. They're kind of like two single stars just becoming a team, sort of like what The Rock and The Undertaker did, or John Cena and The Miz, or something like that. They just, you know, it's not like they're going to be tag team champions for a long time. I don't think. Um, what else you got? Uh, let's see. Um, and I'm going through it. Yeah, see, not not many, okay? And and really, you can say 31 superstars for Raw because Veer Mahan, when is he going to make his debut? I mean, jeez, <laughs> I, mean, I just don't understand it. So anyway, my point is, not to get off on too many tangents, the tag divisions. Why do you have two sets of tag titles? I just listed not even 10 teams in the tag team division. Not even 10. I don't even think I listed eight. I think yeah, maybe maybe between eight and ten. Ten at the most. I don't I don't even think I listed ten. I might have listed eight, but not ten. So why do you have two sets of belts? I don't I don't understand that. Again, like I said earlier, the women's singles titles need to be unified. The tag team the tag team championship chips need to be uh ships need to be uh unified as well. And like I said, that's what they, and that, this is the thing. That's what WWE obviously thinks about the tag team championships. They didn't even have a match when they went to Saudi Arabia. They didn't even think it was a money worth match to to have. So that's also how they feel about their tag teams. All right. So that was it. So uh, then you had the WWE championship um, uh, elimination chamber. Okay. So Bobby Lashley's going in as a champion. Um, Brock Lesnar's in there. I I'll be honest with you. I knew Brock Lesnar was going to win this match. I just wanted to see in what fashion he was going to win it. That's what I wanted to see. I mean, I, I don't know how you go the the route that uh, that Brock Lesnar went and you don't come out as the winner in the WWE champion, especially when they've been trying to promote, you know, they've been mentioning it all over television about how they want it to be Roman and Brock in a title versus title or champion versus champion, however they were, you know, promoting it a few weeks ago or a couple months ago. So... I knew Brock Lesnar was going to win this match. I just wanted to see in what fashion he was going to win this match. So they, you know, they had some pretty good names in this match. Obviously they had Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar. They had Seth Rollins, Austin theory, Riddle and AJ styles. So some good key names in there. Um, 
you know, a lot of people were trying to play that maybe AJ Styles could win it, maybe Riddle could win it as a surprise. I was going to say maybe Austin Theory as a dark horse. Um, Seth Rollins even had – I mean, all these guys that were in this match had a chance to win, but I was like, you know what? There's no way at this point in this late in the game going into WrestleMania they're not going to give this match to Brock. They're going to give it to Brock, so I just need to see how. So they went through everybody. So it got time to where Brock and – well, not not even that. So Seth and Austin Theory were wrestling, and they, I was kind of you know I was watching this, and I and I saw you know Austin Theory go through uh, Bobby Lashley's pod, and I went okay. So they just wanted to do a really you know oh my god moment, you know where he went through the pod, fell into the. But then they started taking Bobby Lashley out of the match, and I was like, huh, that's interesting. So then I was listening to Michael Cole and everything. So I was like, what's going on? Said he was going through percussion protocol, uh, concussion protocol for bumping his head on a beam or something like that or whatever. And I was like, what is going on here? So it turns out Lashley was even injured before he even got into this match. And they needed a way to write him off television. It is basically what I'm hearing is basically what I'm hearing is what Michael Cole and them were talking. So basically they, you know, they kind of, went with the storyline is when Austin Theory came through his pod, he hit his head and he got into percussion protocol and that's what was going to write him off TV to go have his shoulder surgery or whatever was really injured, right? And then they had Brock go off off script is what they were saying. He went off script because as soon as, you know, they had Bobby Lashley's uh, pod light up even though he was no longer in it. So Brock broke through his pod, came and went through everybody except for Austin Theory, which uh, I, I actually give Brock props for that because that was a pretty good moment. I mean, everybody was going crazy when he came out and busted out of his pod and started just, you know, wailing on everybody. Um, and then Austin theory, I think I'll be honest with you, even though Austin theory got tossed around that on the, around that ring and everything. He, I think he got, he, he was a made man. I, you know how undertaker used to say, you know, I'll make you famous. Brock Lesnar made Austin theory famous because, um, Austin theory, you know, cause Brock got rid of AJ styles, got rid of riddle, Got rid of Seth. Uh, didn't even have to get rid of Bobby, obviously. So Austin Theory lasted the longest with him. And even though he was running from him and doing all this stuff and everything, I think I think Austin Theory, that was – Brock Lesnar made him that night. Um, so now we got Brock as the WWE champion again and, uh, and uh, uh, Roman as the universal champion. They're going to be and, – and at first they – I think they've been listening to the wrestling fans lately. I think WWE has. They've been listening to all the uh, – all the chatter and everything. And, you know, they they originally did it as champion versus champion. Then people said, well, why are you doing champion versus champion? Because it's going to be like a Survivor Series feel. You know, you're not going to have the titles on the line or whatever. So then they said, all right, we're going to do title versus title, winner take all. And they said, well, that's going to be stupid because then Roman is going to have both titles and then he's going to have to go from show to show. And then we're still going to have this stupid brand split that everybody hates now. I mean, nobody likes the brand split. I, 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 I can't understand why anybody would like the brand split, especially the numbers that I've read to you today where you have like very little superstars on raw, very little superstars on SmackDown. And even it, it's even worse with the, with the women. So, and then they've got like how many titles, like 12 titles. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, you got your titles make up what, uh, a fifth of, the superstars you have on the roster? Come on. What is going on there? So so then I guess they were listening to Chatter because I'm sure I'm not the only one in the boat. I'm sure there's people that still like the brand split. And if you do, hey, I mean, you're entitled to your opinion. But I know there's a lot of people. I'm not alone when I'm saying that I don't like the brand split. I know there's a, quite a few wrestling creators out there 
that don't like the brand split. In fact, there's a real famous one. I'm sure everybody knows who they are. I'm not going to mention him this time because personally he doesn't need my, he doesn't need my advertisement. Maybe I'll talk about him in a, in a future episode, but, but there's a really well-known one in the IWC who doesn't like the brand split about it as much as I do. And now it's title. It's a title unification match. Imagine that (laughs) title unification match, right? Now, the only thing I'll have to say about that is lately what I'm hearing is they're doing a title unification match, but it's going to be a similar situation to what it was when what happened in 2002. Does anybody remember what happened in 2002? So if you remember when Brock Lesnar, now they, they had combined the world title and the uh, WWE title earlier that year at WrestleMania when Triple H beat. Uh, well, no, when Chris Jericho won at, well, actually that was in, uh, what year was it? I don't know. But anyway, it was that vengeance at the end of the year where, you know, that thing that Chris Jericho was talked about, I beat Stone Cold and Rock in the same year, uh, or same night. You know, that's when they unified the world title and the WWE title. And then, of course, they, it was called the undisputed title for half of 2002. Oh, yeah, 2001 was the, the year that Chris Jericho did that. And, of course, it was known as the undisputed title all throughout 2002, until Brock Lesnar won it against The Rock at SummerSlam of 2002. And then a few weeks later, what was it? Uh, no, not even a few weeks later. It was like the week after. Uh, Stephanie McMahon ripped the heart, as she called it, the heart out of Raw. Is And basically what she did is she took the WWE title to SmackDown with Brock Lesnar. So then what happened? The very next week, Triple H was awarded the world title. He, uh Eric Bischoff Bischoff brought back the world title and just gave it to Triple H. Now, at the time, I didn't mind that because I knew Triple H was probably going to defend that title night after night after night. And, you know, even though, you know, and he was one of the best heels in the business at that point. So I knew that was going to go well. But who are you going to do that for this time? I mean, because in all intents and purposes, I don't think Brock Lesnar is going to be around after WrestleMania. I, I see Roman winning this match. I, I think Roman's going to win the title for unification match. And I think the universal title is going to go away. It's going to go back to the WWE title. And then I don't know what kind of title they're going to bring back after WrestleMania. Do they bring back the world title? Has everybody been clamoring to have the world title come back? I don't know. Uh, maybe people like the classic world title better than they do the universal title. I would I would almost be okay with that, but why? I don't know why you're doing a title unification match if you're not ending the brand split, and you're uh, you know at least at least end the brand split a little bit until you get your rosters made back up or something. I don't know what I, I mean. I don't I don't I don't understand what they're doing. Um, I don't think what they did in 2002 is going to work in this day and age. I don't think it's going to work. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just don't like it. I liked it back in 2002. I'm, I was okay with it when because it was a good storyline. Because first of all, Raw and SmackDown were competing against each other. It was an actual storyline. Uh, you had you had Stephanie McMahon and Eric Bischoff trying to one-up each other every freaking week. So it was within the storylines. This, this this isn't really within the storylines. Raw and SmackDown are just essentially two separate shows on two separate networks that are you know competing, Fox and NBC, but it's not embedded in the storyline. So I don't know how they're going to do it. So I don't know if that's uh, but that's just an that's just rumors right now. That's just the talk right now. So I don't I don't know what's going to happen there. But that's what that's the uh, that's the story I've heard. 
So anyway, I, I know I've kept you guys kind of long, but I kind of had to play catch up for this year. Um, hopefully I'm going to be around long because, uh, I will, I will end by saying this. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to quit podcasting because I was so disappointed in how WWE was doing, uh, through the Royal Rumble in Elimination Chamber after day one, whatever. But then some, there was a few people, I got some feedback from some colleagues, some friends, and, you know, somebody told me, you know, well, hey, uh, cause I just felt like I was like, you know, I just, I just, I don't know. I just feel like complaining and people were like, well, you gotta, you gotta put your positive spin on stuff. And I was like, well, yeah, I can. And then people said, well, you know, if you're feeling negative about it, talk about it, go on the journey, you know, talk about how you, you know, how you're disappointed in the product and everything. And I was like, you know what? I can do that. I can do that. So I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm complaining about everything, even though it kind of seems like I have been kind of venting and ranting and stuff. And, and, uh, but it's just because I've taken a little time off. I kind of wanted to get some things off my chest, but like I said, I still have high hopes that maybe down the road they can, WWE can do better. I think it would start with ending the brand split. I really do. Um, especially with the amount of superstars that they've released. They have very, uh, scarce rosters right now. Um, they need to unify the, t- some of the titles. Um, but I, I, I still have high hopes. I'm still trying to remain optimistic that they're going to pick things up now. And, and, and I, you know, I, I know people love to see wrestling matches and stuff like this, but in my opinion, I think what also gives to it is a story. I feel like characters come into play with it. You know, you can't just go out there and have two wrest- a good wrestling match between two people and not have something behind it. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's great to see the athleticism of superstars, but if there's nothing to the story, how are you going to make me feel anything? I mean, who am I going to root for? I mean, I'm just rooting for two guys that are wrestling and, you know, stuff like that. But, I mean, I want to be able to have a guy that I despise, the heel, and have a guy that I'm rooting for, the babyface, you know? And... I feel like if there's no story behind it, then you really can't get into the match like you to its full potential. You know what I mean? So, and I feel like right now, I, I hate to say this, I don't like to say this because it sounds like I'm, you know, it sounds like I'm not very pro superstar, but I'm in fact always pro superstar. You guys know that. I always say that on my podcast that I'm always pro superstar. I'm I'm anti booking because the booking has been terrible. I, I feel like it's been I feel like it's been borderline terrible lately, um, and. I feel like in a way WWE is kind of just going through the motions. You know what I mean? It, it, it feels like that to me. Like I feel like there's no real difference to Raw and SmackDown each week. I, I feel like you're just you're seeing the same matches over and over again. And, I, and I'm not necessarily a fan against matches you have over and over again, but I want there to be a story behind it. You know, I want you to tell me a good story. I want you to, you, you know, I want there to be a rivalry. Like look at the uh, look at the Austin McMahon story, that went on for what a year and a half, but I was always intrigued by that because there was always, you know, McMahon coming up with something up his sleeve to to you know to try to get Austin you know off the pedestal and everything, and then Austin would come back and outsmart him, and it, it was like a go back and forth, go back and forth, and there was there was feeling behind it, you know, there was some and and like I said, that rivalry went on for a long time, but I also heard, you know, I don't know if you guys have watched the WWE rivalries on the WWE network or Peacock or wherever you are in the world, however you watch it. But if you've, if you haven't ever watched the Austin McMahon rivalry show, I think it's a two part show. Um, 
McMahon talks about, you know, what his mindset was back in those days where it was Austin, you know, versus McMahon. I mean, I remember one interview that when the Stone Cold character or Stone Cold first came to the uh, came to the WWE, um, in so many words, I'm, I'm not saying this verbatim. I'm not quoting anybody, but what I got from the uh, from the interview is that McMahon originally thought that Austin was a waste of time. <laughs> he wasn't going to amount to anything, right? Uh, and and I don't think it was anything personal. Like I don't think he disliked Steve or anything like that. But he didn't think the character was going to go over. Now, and, and I don't, I don't, I don't think it was a Stone Cold character. I think what it was was his uh, was his ringmaster character, the character he was right before Stone Cold. But then they started it, and Austin, you know, like like they always say, Austin was supposed to be a heel. Like he was when he was in that last uh, rivalry with Bret Hart before he started the whole thing with McMahon. He was supposed to come off as the heel, and Bret Hart was supposed to be the the, the babyface. But it turned on because you know the fans obviously. McMahon has always said this, which I don't know why he doesn't believe this now, but he always says the fans will usually tell you, usually not always, usually will tell you what they want to see, right? And but that's always controversial too because then McMahon says something. I know he's kind of sometimes saying in storylines. He says, "Well, I know what the fans want more than they do." You know, I know he says that quote all the time. Um, but you know, if you really think about it, you know, back then during the attitude era, if something wasn't working, they usually went with what the crowd was doing. Like, remember the rock, remember the rock was trying to be a baby face at first and the crowd was booing him and booing him. So what had happened? The rock turned heel and then the people started loving the rock and then he went great. He went back to being a baby face when the crowd started loving him. So that same thing, same thing with stone cold and all, even McMahon himself, they started booing McMahon when he screwed Bret Hart. And you know what he said? He he said, screw it. You know what? I'm going to be exactly what the fans want me to be. I'm going to be the top heel. And guess what he was? He's the top heel. So I'm just saying, and they were, you know, to me, I think they were better at building stars back then, you know, because McMahon also said, see if you can find this quote when you watch it. McMahon says, you know, look, Austin versus McMahon. What makes Austin versus McMahon so good was, not only was it about those two, but it was also about, you know, McMahon using other superstars to help to get to Austin, you know, which obviously indirectly built other superstars up. Right. So, yes, Austin McMahon was the spotlight, but, you you know, you built uh, superstars. You know, it actually it actually kind of really, if you think about it, it helped build The Rock. It helped build uh, McFoley a little bit, helped build Triple H, helped build a lot of guys. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, it just seems like it's, it's not really that tight. And I, I understand, you know, stuff time changes with time, you know, you gotta, t- you gotta change with the times, but some things should stay relatively the same, you know, as far as how the process works. But yeah, I mean, different times, you know, stuff like that. But anyway, I, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm kind of babbling. So, uh, so anyway, that was my little rough road to WrestleMania. Hopefully I'll continue this. Thank you guys for listening to what I've been uh, ranting about. Thank you. Thank you for letting me vent. sort of talk about stuff. And hopefully, like I said, I'll be bringing you some more content, bringing you some more episodes and we'll, uh, we'll talk on the way to WrestleMania and even further beyond that. So, uh, with having said that, I will talk to you guys hopefully soon. All right. Talk to you later. 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, tag in and leave me a review or share the show with someone who you think would love it. I'll see you at ringside for the next episode.